Well, first, we're going to talk about our music resolutions for 2021. Then, we're going to talk about our favorite albums of last year. And finally, we're going to talk about the Hold Steady album, Boys and Girls in America. So sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, Happy New Year, Jimmy. Oh, we made it. We, 2021. We did. We made it. It's a new year. Hopefully a new year, better year for everyone in life in general, but also for this podcast dragging itself by the leg each month as we go. <laughs> <laughs> but if you had not, I will say it was a little rough year for the podcast, but we did end, I think, on a strong note. When we had the opportunity last episode to interview Miwi La Lupa, a recording artist on Connor Ober's label, and it was a great interview. What did you think about that uh, overall, Jimmy? I thought it was a great time. Um, you know, I think it's revolutionary for our podcast. We're gonna give we're, up. We're, it, it, was a, it was a good trade for from the now. That's what I call music. Yes, we traded now. That's what I called music to actually interviewing real musicians songwriters so i will say that was a step up agreed okay agreed completely so we are still not in person we are meeting virtually we have decided we are going to continue to do so until it is a safe time but we are going to continue with the podcast and so this is kind of going to be a good review of what our thoughts were on the music world in 2020 yes the for the world itself it may have been a hot dumpster fire but for music, I will say overall, I thought it was pretty good. But before we get to all of that fun stuff, let's talk a little bit about what are – do you have any music resolutions for kind of this year, things you want to focus on? It doesn't have to be a certain number, just one thing I mean, or a couple things in general. I think my dream would be to be able to see some live shows in the fall. We'll see if that plays out. Do you have but... shows already paid for that are rescheduled? Yeah, well, not. I don't know if they're. Have well, dates hey, Lucas yet. Nelson, you were playing the Chameleon Club in Lancaster, yep. and yep. no longer have... that club doesn't exist. So what happened are they, there? Are they opening somewhere else though? I think the tickets. I don't know. I don't know. But Hopefully I have, they do. I have that one maybe, and then I think I have Jason Isbell and a Truckers show in my pocket. I have Wilco, Dawes, Thundercat, and. I think that's it. And Isbell. No, I bought tickets for that Isbell show. That that's in May. Was that rescheduled or is that a new show? Uh, I think I assume it's going to be rescheduled. But I have that's the one that I have have them for in the May. Yeah. Actually, yeah. End of May, sometime. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I really hope we can get back to concerts. Just reminder, folks, be safe so we can get back to concerts sooner than later, so I can be back at Wu Tang shows. I was. Thinking about, I just saw a Facebook reminder the other day about, how, or today actually, about how two years ago I was in the electric factory in Philadelphia in a closed room with people not wearing masks, listening to Wu Tang Clan, and I getting coughed get, on. Yes, getting who cared? No one did. It was a great time, and I want to get back to those moments. So be safe, people. Let's get back to that. All right, glory days, as Bruce Springsteen would sing. All right. <laughs> My New Year's resolution, couple of them, for music, 
is the one thing I decided uh, during COVID was I am going to try my best to buy new releases from my record stores, from my local record stores. It's easy to order it on Amazon. I get it. It ships to you. It's right there. But if you are close to an area, I have a couple. There was a couple spots in my area. There's one person in general in Lancaster. I go to Mr. Suits, and I I have found I have found it more meaningful to just be patient and get him. So I'm still actually waiting on the new Phoebe Bridgers because that's a really hard LP to get on. But I'm right now just instead of just trying to find a copy online, I'm waiting. I am being patient. I'm gonna find my copy and I'm gonna buy it from my local re record store. So. That's my resolution, trying to help out local businesses and just also make my new purchases help out the small guys a little bit. Good luck. Poor yeah. Jeff Bezos is going to lose your dollar. Yes, and he's going to feel that dollar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, hopefully 2021 and for music and for everyone is better in general. And that said, though, I think Overall, let's talk about 2020 and music itself. And how did you feel music held up compared to 2019 overall? I felt like it was a lot better. I feel like there was a lot more albums. I thought it was going to like, there's going to be like a lack of albums coming out, but I feel like everyone just being, you know, stuck not being on tour meant they had to put out maybe new albums they weren't expecting to sometimes. Yes, and I definitely think I think well, we'll get to this later, and it's before the spoilers. But I definitely think there were some B sides that became full albums. Yeah, totally. And I don't know, it was cool. I liked how a lot of people did like you know live streams of stuff that you could watch. Yeah, I will say there was a I was a okay paying for live streams for bands when it was like a chair yeah that was cool i like i did it for when they did one for voter registration that was the one where they had you know uh war on drugs and everything and that was really cool i did the thing for mavis staples that was cool and that helped newport that was great but then once it got to the point, like, in the beginning, it was great because, like, yeah. concerts were just streaming for free. Like, hey, guys. Like, National was just streaming old shows. And I'm every Monday during COVID, I was watching one of those, li those live streams of the National. And they were mm -hmm. great. Uh, and then it slowly – but slowly, I get it. The bands started to perform, and they wanted to make – they wanted to get paid, and I get it. But I haven't really found myself wanting to – do that yeah it's it was more fun towards the beginning now it's like uh it, it lost its luster i think well yeah you just want i think it's also because it's just like i'm ready for concerts again and like yeah i'm now i'm now getting on a year and i'm starting to jones here for my for my concerts and just listening to live music so again be safe folks let's get back to live music all right Good shot so that said, let's talk about our top five albums of 2020. And I will say first and foremost, I thought this year was better, as, we, as we've just said. But I also will say that I could have easily had a top 10. So I can say, like, my top – my five 
could have been a six or, you know, it all depends on what day, I guess. I just had to make a choice at some point. But there were just a ton of albums. Like, I have, like, Margo Price's album is, like, an honorable mention that, like, if I had a top ten, it probably she probably would have been on there. But we only did top five. Didn't make it. But yeah. I think that just stands out. Like, uh, Matt Barringer, I'm a huge national guy. It's not on my top five. Like I and I think that's a shocker for most, and everyone could take a deep breath. But for me, for me, it was just I. I think that's a credit to how good overall the year. Future Islands, I love their album this year. Spoiler alert, it's not, not good enough. It was good, but that I love that song. Thrilled, it was great, fantastic. So that said, given some anticipation into this, Jimmy, what is your album? One of your top, your first album of 2020 or fifth album. my number five is saint cloud by waxahatchee waxahatchee also on that same benefit show that i was mentioning and this was the one i didn't mention as well so what have you heard of the group before this is not the first album but okay. yes i feel like I've, I've heard the older albums and i feel like i've seen her open for shows, I believe, several times. Mm-hmm. I think she went over with Kurt Vile once, maybe. I don't really remember, but I've he- I've heard her stuff before. Um, and it's always been interesting, but I thought this album was just solid the whole way through. Like yeah. it's one you can easily just put on, and there's not a not a one you need to skip. Yeah, I will say overall, this album had a really good flow, and it was <laughs> also, and I say this in a good way, it was very easy to listen to. Yeah. It went down it's... the throat really well. I agree. It, it was the, one I guess like... it went down the ear really well. Yeah, it's like, doesn't need a second listen to, you know, to like grasp what's going on it's it's not like one of those slow burn albums where you have to you know let it grow on you but i will say the reason it's like five and not lower like not a higher up on my list i do feel like there's no like real standout super standouts like it's almost like every song i like lilacs and hell i think if there were standouts lilacs and hell stood out to me as two songs yeah i I agree lilacs i think was like the first single that's but the most overall, obvious i think too of the album yeah i do like saint cloud too mm-hmm. to end it but overall i feel like every song kind of just like rolls into each other nothing i feel like it's made to be a whole album not like you know here's a couple singles that you're gonna like fall in love with yeah i agree but um, again, as I said, if I would have had a top 10, this probably would have made the list. Because, I like, actually, I will say, uh, there's not much, well, maybe all your albums wouldn't have been on my personal top 10 list. I, I actually have no disagreement with any of your albums this year, because you didn't pick Thurston Moore. If that's my number six. <laughs> Thank God. We only did top all right. I'll save that. I'll save that so we can listen to the whole thing. Yes, that's okay. In fact, I will say, to be fair, I did not... I, it, that that album was fine. It was good. I just wanted to make. I went for the joke. All right. So my fifth, my top five albums, starting with numero five, is actually going to a band that 
I've always talked about like how I am one of those people like I might be considered a hits guy. I don't know the deep dives as well as everyone else does uh, of of I guess we would say fans of them or whatever. But I wanted to give credit to him because honestly, and this isn't just like a hey, good for you, e for effort. But I really ha- was surprised by the Killers album this year. Especially from the last album, which had the song that Jimmy loved, I'm the man, <laughs> which Jimmy did not actually like. But I thought this album this year was, I think, a good rebuild for them. I think it's their most focused album since in a long in a long time. And I thought they really did find – and I, I think there's a lot of elements of 80s. I think you can hear a lot of Bruce in here. You can hear a lot of those elements. But I think overall they made a really good album that is enjoyable that I think they hit – I think as for a group that's been around as long as the Killers have, they found, it out, they found a style that I think works for them. Yeah, I – did not even know they put an album until I saw it on your list. Um, so I gave it a quick breeze through, and I do think I like it better than some of their older stuff. Like their most recent stuff, or like, you mean like their like hit albums, or like their middle I mean, albums? I mean, this has the best chance of maybe being a whole solid Killers album I could maybe get through, besides just their hits. Maybe. We'll I see. will say th- I will say it. I really definitely better than the last album. What? Definitely uh, better than the last yes. album. Yes. I think this album and and the killers acknowledged that I think they were talking about how listening to the new Vampire Weekend had them want to focus on their sound a little bit more and like I think I don't know, maybe write something more personal to themselves. And mm-hmm. I think they did that with this album. And I also think, especially my like, there's one song in the song I would suggest is "Lightning Fields" with Katie Lang. Like I, I, I didn't realize until like third listen that this was actually Katie Lang in the song, and it's great. And so I, I was really cool to see how they were able to bring it, you know, a, a, an older recording artist, and and kind of combine it and make a really good song. So. Yeah, I uh, shout out to the Killers. I was it was not an album I was expecting. I was expecting Killers to have an album that I'd be like, oh yeah, there's a song or two I like on it. I wasn't expecting them to have an entire album. I was gonna be like, oh, I really like this album, it, like all together. Like, I would love to see them in concert. And my biggest regret, to like, of course, with all these albums, is that I had no chance to see any of them live. And yeah. And for the Killers as a group where, yeah, they're a group like, yeah, I want to see the hits. This is a lot of these songs. I'm like, yeah, I want to hear all these songs live. In their last album, when I saw them live, they played literally three songs. And I think a credit from that new album. I -hmm. think a credit to this album is that they could play five to six and I would have no complaints. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And it's good. So shout out to Killers. Congratulations. I know you guys are thrilled to make it to Dave's top five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's your fourth, Jimmy? My number four is Reunions by Jason Isbell, which 
first of all, you know 2020 was a long year because this album feels like it's been out for a very long time. Oh, I, I feel like we could say that for another album that's on your list, but... I agree. I already agree. But, but I, yeah. But this album, this album came... Well, you know what I feel this album feels longer? Was the single, Dreamsicle, came out... I want to say early in the year. Like, it was like January, yeah. February. But then the album wasn't coming out to May. Yeah. So I think, like, and then there was going to be a whole tour. I'm, you know, all this stuff. So I think, I think I can see what you're saying there because the whole, he released the single, expecting to release the album with the tour, and that never happened. So I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. What songs have stood out to you on this album? Um, I will say the one, the song that I probably is my least favorite is the opener. I think it's, I don't know, it's wild that like. I I I don't think you're far off there. It, it's fine. It's a fine song. It's so it's like such a long. It is a okay, long like song. not not a hit. And also a very long song to try and get into. Like, I remember the first time I listened to it, I'm like, okay, what's what's next? Um, but, I mean, Dreamsicle's one that'll get stuck in my head for days on end. That's I one that like. actually, it, it grew on me. Mm-hmm. But after, but like, I like it now. Like, like it, it was one I was like, I, I'll say like, I don't feel like, I mean, and, and it's weird to say because it's like, like the last album he wrote, maybe one of the greatest love songs ever, <laughs> you know, so to be like, well, he doesn't have like another greatest love song ever. It's like a ridiculous statement. You know, again, the last one, letting you go, I feel like could be the second must have at a, a wedding. Like you're going to have, if we're vampires for the first dance and then letting you go for the the father daughter yeah like yeah it's no and it's really it's a it's a um it's definitely an album that i I like absolutely Mm -hmm. and i could see that album but especially i i feel like it's gonna take like another year and i'm gonna get it a little bit better maybe it was just my listening this year Mm -hmm. but like i definitely think like saint peter's autograph like that's that a, that's, that's a, a really nice song. Like amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the whole like I said, it's Jason Isbell, so it's not like Yeah, the songwriting's mediocre. It's obviously amazing stuff that they're writing and just the instrumentation itself. Yeah. But, you know, be afraid it's gonna be amazing to hear live. Yeah. I know, and that that's what I'll say. When I hear these songs I'm like and that's the other thing, like I hear like Jason Isbell, like I hear like it's like most bands. When I hear them live, I kind of get it better. Mm-hmm. I just understand it. And so I, I I haven't heard this any of these songs really live, minus the like live sessions he's done like via webcams. Mm-hmm. But so I I am excited to hear these songs live again. So hopefully, hopefully May. Hopefully May. Holding my fingers crossed. I mean, yeah. Not holding my breath, but <laughs> fingers crossed. All right, so that said, my number four, my fourth album was 
miss the legendary miss fiona apples fetch the bowl cutters which i kind of talked about how my five and to ten might have been replaceable but i i now that i think about it this album wasn't re this was going to be in my top five i think i i really enjoyed this album especially hearing it you know it sounds like a fiona apple album it's great like arrangements of music that she's written but i think she really did great just lyric, lyric stuff especially with shamika yeah. And the whole story behind Shamika about it was a girl that like stood up for her when she was getting bullied and then she writes this whole song and then includes her in the video when you know all that that whole story background but regardless like there's these great songs that it's like it's the artist is giving you like an insight to them themselves yeah. and I agree her albums it's you know it's like an it's definitely more of an experience than most albums like everything's like all the arrangements you can tell she puts so much thought into every aspect of it yeah and like honestly for me like i was also just in general so excited that uh they released they re-released her um her second album when the pawn that it actually almost overshadowed the album in the beginning for me because mm -hmm. I was so excited just to get this like her second album final on like finally on vinyl because it's one of my favorites, but like I really so list when I returned to like in December listening to albums, I really enjoyed just her writing in this and I and I really appreciate like just how amazing like I feel like and like it is weird because we were I was dogging how like four of her albums were on the Rolling Stone top five hundred albums. But please understand, like, she is an amazing person. I did think it was a little ridiculous that four of her albums made on the top 500. But, like, she's, I think, just one of those people. Like, she's like Joni Mitchell. That when she wraps up her, like, her, her list, you're going to look at these albums and you're going to be like, did she make a bad album ever? Yeah, I agree. Do you think this deserves to be a perfect 10 out of 10 on Pitchfork? No, I, I don't know, but I don't care about Pitchfork and their ratings because, like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, Pitchfork is Pitchfork. It is – I there's times where – like, I, I will read what they think about things, mm -hmm. but, like, it's sometimes just so over-the-top snob that I, I, I just can't. I mean, I love a good snob, but I will say whenever they say – like, they gave it a 10 out of 10, and I instantly said, eh, I'm not yeah, going to yeah, like it no. now. Like, and, like – I like I hate that whole like what is a perfect album because that's such a hard thing to debate but it's like yeah. especially I feel like to be a perfect album that almost has to be something you like reassess five ten years down the line like mm -hmm. maybe if it's a really great album currently it like every album should be a nine and then let's talk let's talk about that album in five years see if you care yeah i and agree see if you care because that's that's the the real thing i mean because people still talk about you know the modest mouse albums from the 1990s mm -hmm. because they they hold up agreed and they mean something and so like those out like that's why like uh isn't um 
Lonesome Crowded West. That's a 10 out of 10, I believe, on Pitchfork. Yeah, I believe you are correct. And, like, had Pitchfork, I don't, they were probably around, I don't know, when they started, but, like, they probably would have been, like, that's ah, an 8 out of 10 back then. Yeah. And that just takes that time. So I think to 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 rate anything 10 out of 10, I mean, that's, like, somebody probably said Oasis is be here now as a 10 out of 10, and looking back, I think we can realize it's just not. Should be an 11. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your third album? Should we say it at the same time? Uh, One, two, three. Folklore by uh, Evermore. No, <laughs> no. Go ahead. Uh, Taylor Swift. Yes. Folklore. As Jimmy said, my also number third album is Folklore. We didn't plan it. He listed his numbers. I did mine. But yes. Why is Taylor Swift your third album? I really enjoyed this album. Did you decide to go with both of them or just this one? Which I decide just to pick one. I... I'll get into that in a second. I don't know. I just feel like, for one thing, the wifey loves Taylor Swift, so I got to hear this probably more than I would have normally. Yes. But it did really grow on me all the time listening to it and i think it's a great album and she did a cool thing following up did you watch the cabin thing i did not watch that pretty cool is that that's the thing on disney plus yeah your boy's in it desner yeah they don't have the the, anything with the national it's just desner uh yeah just desner okay I I was talking about this with my, my wife today about how Taylor Swift's first album came out in 2006. So if you are a thir- if you were a 13 year old girl in 2006, now you're 28. And if you were like six, you're now like 21, 22. So if you think about where St- Taylor Swift started in, in uh, a pop country dynamic and you think about how her music has progressed it's pretty impressive that her style has aged with almost as she has along with her listeners mm-hmm. so now you can see like there is was probably at one point a 13 year old girl who loved pop country that is now listening to Bon Iver The National and also still loves her Taylor Swift, and now, like, the the world's combined. Yeah. You know? Um, it's amazing. I think I think it's impressive. Uh, I will say, I, I feel like if there was a year for Taylor Swift to do this indie rock-style album, she picked the perfect year. Yeah. No, it, it's fitting for 2020. Like, it's a sound. It can, you know, be the soundtrack for it, kind of, some of the stuff. And I am completely fascinated to hear about, I wonder what songs make it on tour compared to the rest of her catalog. Like, like, and I'm sure there's going to be songs that make the album. I mean, make the tour, but it's going to be interesting how this type of music fits in with the rest of her previous styles. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she'll have like stripped down sections of the performance, she'll and do, then like, you know, acoustic stuff, maybe. And... Yeah. Right. I. But I will say, speaking about both albums, there, there's a lot of. I think this album, compared to Evermore, is complete. I think it's more solid. Yeah. I think you could probably, in a world, uh, take these two albums and make it one, and you would have, like, the best double album ever. I think that's kind of the point. It is. <sighs> but, like, it, it, it's also a different world, too, because I was I was actually randomly listening to a different podcast on, uh, on Bill Simmer, Simmons' The Ringer, who's a little unknown podcast guy. I don't think everyone's ever heard of him, but... Uh, Maybe we get him on ours, give him, a, give him a leg up. Give him a boost. But anyway, one of the people he was talking about, they were talking about how their favorite T-Swift song was the song that was released on a Target release. Like, their all-time favorite song is literally was, if you want to get it on print edition, you have to have the Target special release edition. Wow. And, and like, that's, I think, just a testament to, like, the different age where it's like, like Taylor Swift's releasing songs that like people are like it's my favorite song but nobody it was never released as a single type thing and like it's crazy so all in all I think it's it's good it was I think this album was impressive for her um it, it is a lot of you know it has a lot of credit to Desner and Antonoff but also, but ultimately, it is Taylor Swift's work, and I think for her to do it, this was the year. And I think these two albums were great, and I think she deserves all the credit. What do you think? I agree. Yeah. Side note: represent local and Taylor. I know you're listening. You're listening, so let's all let's come at cut, when this is over. Swing around, and we can do an interview. Yes, absolutely. Because you know, after you're done interviewing on Apple Would... Podcasts and all those podcasts. We'll oh, swing no. out to why we'll swing out to why we're missing or wherever. And <laughs> I now I will say I am more interested to know what she does next because I I don't know how long she can keep this up. Like she can't make think? she can't make I don't think she can make albums like this the rest of her career. I mean she might want to and I think she can make an audience. I mean Taylor Swift at this point can make an audience with whatever she wants to do, but like. I don't think she's going to go back to pop and do something completely different. I don't know. I mean, I what's completely different? Like making a musical? I could see her making a musical. That's not crazy. Were they going to take the music of Taylor Swift and make it a musical? I mean, a new like like write a whole new, like a whole new. Oh, okay. I don't think she's going to make a mu. I I I agree. There could be a musical maybe in the future, but I think it's going to be like. How they made Mamma Mia with all the music of ABBA, <laughs> but it's gonna be like a story made around the music of Taylor Swift. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, that's what I see. But I, I, it's a good prediction. Moving on. So I guess since we both gave our number three, let's go to your number two. Number two, the new OK by the Drive-By Truckers. My most, my newest maybe album. Yeah. You know, it stripped from the headlines pretty much. It feels like like feels like 2020. Um, it's also cool that it's a lot of songs that I got to see live in Feb. My last show, I got to see live, and they played most of these. Well, some of these, 
and it was cool to. You know what songs did they play live from this? Uh, the the unraveling. Okay. Um. Perilous night, that was actually out. You know, they did a release a single of it years ago. Okay. Um. I guess wasn't that many. Uh, KKK took my baby away. They covered that for the past couple shows I saw them at. Right. I think that might have been it. I gotta say, I think I, I, I'm biased here. I think I like the Nationals version of the KKK took my baby away, but that's probably prejudice. <laughs> I think, uh... It was a good version. I did think they did a good cover. It was a good cover. I think he pulls off, he does a pretty good impression of, of the vocals. If I would have Drive-By Truckers and do my top 10 Drive-By Truckers song, I will say Sarah's Flame from this album would be on that list. Wow. I honestly think about this song still. Like, this song resonates. Out of all the songs between their two albums released this year, this is my favorite one they released this year. Baritone. I think the harmonies really is what's store it. I, like, I, I always will just be randomly going, Baritone. Like, <laughs> it's a great, it's an awesome song. I loved that and also the style of Sea Island Lonely. Yeah. I think the unraveling still had a lot of elements that reminded me of their album from 2016. Mm-hmm. And this one gave me a little bit different feel, which I was like, I kind of liked about it. Yeah. I feel like this was more, okay, we have these things lying around. We got time. We need to do something. So let's put out something. Like, let's just throw a bunch of stuff together and put it out and it worked i agree moving on to my number two my number two is the person who i have referred to as phoby on this podcast (laughs) like a dummy and of course i am talking about phoebe bridgers and i picked her album from this year, because Punisher, because she was the artist that, as as I mentioned before in this podcast and previous apps, I I had multiple shows where she was opening for the national, and every time I got messed over from traffic, and I just never, I always missed her set list. So the only time I've been able to see Phoebe live was when she sang Sorrow by The National. And it, uh, surprise, surprise, was amazing. But I was like, oh, man, it was good. But then when I tried to actually listen to it, it just, her music, it was off that point of uh, Stranger in the Alps EP. And Mm -hmm. it was, I would definitely say you had to be in a mood for her. And especially, yeah. especially for me. So, this year, <laughs> being the year it was, I actually found her writing to be really therapeutic. I found it to be brutally honest, and I really just kind of needed to hear that at some points. And I thought, on the same point, like, she has beautiful songs in this album, like Garden Song, but I for just having a more upbeat song, I thought Kyoto was fantastic. 
<laughs> Every time I hear the song, I I'm like, okay, like I don't I put it on. I like it's not a song I'm like I want to skip. If it's on XPN, I am great. What do you think, Jim? I like this album a lot. I listened to it this earlier today, and I almost had to cancel the podcast and just go to bed because it makes me very sad. Like I don't actually think, I feel, and I, I feel like it's become a warning label in a good way. I but, don't think this album is as sad as their other albums. I'll say there's still some sad, sad, but it's not like. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's as doom and gloom. It's definitely not like. Uh... No, really. I think Halloween. I feel like was a. I think it was Halloween. I think was like probably the the like part where I'm like. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's... I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to stop. I'm gonna have to tap out. But then it kind of picks up a little bit. And I definitely Although... think. I know the end. Mm-hmm. Like, how that song yeah. ends, like, I think there's a lot of stuff that... I'm excited to see how... Again, like, I don't see, like, she's what, like, early 20s? I think... She's crazy young. This is I think she's probably mid-20s now, but maybe not. This is, like, not. her still, like, only, what, her second album? Yeah. So... I think it's it's gonna be interesting to see, and like she's obviously, I think she's got all the crud now. I mean, yeah, she's host. Well, she's musical guest on SNL. Yeah, next week. Yeah. next this week. Next that is week. awesome. Yeah. So. She's doing it. She's doing it, and I gotta say, like she was like someone I was like, ah, oh, I, I she's gonna click, and this was the album that I get it now. I understand it. I'm able to go back to her stuff and appreciate what she does. It clicks with me now. And Dave's I'm, in. I'm in. I'm team, team Phoebe all the way. So what was your number one, Jacob? Well, let's do it again. Drive-By Truckers, The Unraveling. Yes, because if anyone thought the other Drive-By Truckers album was going to be on this list. now If they can put out two albums in a year, I can vote for their two albums in a year. I'm that's, not saying that's, you cannot. That's the rule. What made this album stand out to you more than New Okay? I mean, for one thing, it definitely feels like a more complete produced album. Um, but it really has grown on me in the past couple weeks. I feel like it's a lot of the songs became feel feel more relevant now. Uh, the main one is Grievance Merchants, which. To me, it just, I mean, it's, you know, talks about how, you know, when you get the disenfranchised, right, all wild up, they're gonna act crazy. Mm -hmm. And boy was Cooley right on this one. Yeah, this was the album we were gonna talk about before Dave lost his voice. Is this correct? Mm hmm. And so it. A whole with, year ago. It with a whole year ago. Honestly, when you had this album, it, you were talking about Isabel. You're like, oh man, this album came out. I'm like, oh yeah, that album came out when yeah. in January of 2020. Like, I was like, oh, I completely forgot about it. 
but it yeah. was it was nice that drive by truckers on this album didn't get as political as previous albums <laughs> no i'm just kidding but i definitely grown into appreciating them a lot more and especially now after these last three albums like i feel like they're at the point of like wilco in terms of they know what they want to do and they know they're going to have a fan base that's going to support them no matter what Mm-hmm. And so I, I, which I respect, like that's I think where every band wants to get, where you're not worried about being the number one artist of all time. They know wherever they go, they're gonna be able to sell out. There's gonna be people like Jimmy and his lovely wife Carrie that are gonna go to both shows, and they're gonna buy those tickets, and no matter what. Yep. And good for them, and and it's great. So I definitely, I definitely agree. I think the unraveling. I will say the first time when I listened to the new OK, which came back out like a couple months ago, I originally was thinking, oh, I like this better than Unraveling. But I agree. When I went back and listened to the album as a whole, especially with like thoughts and prayers, slow ride argument like this. I mean, obviously, these songs are very um, about the times right now. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, unfortunately, I think these songs will still be relevant for the relevant future. So yeah, uh, that's what yeah. Sucks. <laughs> I mean, hate to be a that's downer, okay. But yeah, but no, I think I think I understand why that that is your number one compared to the new okay because I can I I definitely agree that it is a stronger album. So that leads me to my number one. Do you have anything else you want to say about Drive by Truckers? Nope, I'm good. Okay, so for me. My number one of album, my number one album, excuse me, of 2020 is Run the Jewels RTJ4. Uh, especially this came out right after George Floyd. And just, I think the album overall and how they wrote everything, the relevance to it today. And they've been doing this since their last, you know, since their previous albums. But especially the time it came out, it was awesome. And I think for the whole year, I, I it, it stands out to me as just one of the most solid albums from front to back. What do you think, Tim? I agree completely. Uh, a, I like it. I will say the one thing that's kind of like the truckers and how it's relevant i think it's sad that this was all this stuff was written for this way before yes this wasn't this wasn't written in response to george floyd yeah but it was like related exactly relating to the exact the exact point yeah a little two in the news uh but no, I feel like it's a relevant album, and it's necessary, and it's good. And I really like how it ends, kind of like where it begins. Yeah, That's one and, of the favorite parts to it. And But also, like, the, the stuff they did with Josh Home and, like, Mavis Staples on the album. And, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, if you go on YouTube, they actually did, talking about COVID concerts, the whole car, the, it was in conjunction, I think, with Cartoon Network. And I, it's probably still on there today. But they did the whole album from front to back, just them two on the stage. And it's amazing. It's 45 minutes of them just doing the album, and it's so good. Like, it makes you appreciate it so much more. And, in fact, they are a band that's touring in August. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. 
maybe I can get to this concert. It's, they were playing in Washington D.C. But no, that's the weekend. That's the week I'm taking my kids to Disney because I couldn't take them in 2020. You can stop there. They would love to stop on the way to the fly out. Fly out of BTI. Well, you know what? It's funny now that you're saying it. I think we that's the day we come back. The kids so, would love to go see Run, Run the, the Jewels. Jewels. Hey, honey, on the way, I might see if I can try to pull this up now that you say it. Stay <laughs> tuned, folks. <laughs> they might try to see if we can spin taking my kids to a Run the Jewels concert. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I thought this, this year in general was really good. I'm really excited about the albums. Like like I said, Dawes had a new album this year that I enjoyed. Like These are all albums I like. They're great. I will listen to them. But I think that's just like Jeff Tweedy had a solo album. Like There's just artists I can go through left and right about artists that I really liked a lot of stuff that came out this year. Margaret Price, as I said earlier. Um, so I thought overall, with how bad everything else was in 2020, I thought the music itself was at least the one good thing we had. I agree. I feel like there's a lot of albums I missed. Like, I didn't actually listen to Doll's album. There's a lot that I... I feel like just because there's no... You know, not as much driving to places. Not as much time to, you know, really sink into some tunes. So, yes. maybe that's my 2021 resolution is to... Well, and, like, I got up. on a pretty deep John Prinehole after he died. Yeah. So that took yeah. out like a month of my life, but yeah. R.I.P. John Prine. But Rip. so twenty twenty. Can't say we're gonna miss you, but it was a good year for music. So that leads us to the album we are talking about today, which is the Hold Steady Boys and Girls in America. And why did you pick this album for today, Jimmy? Um it was a tough decision. Um for one thing it really makes me miss festivals. I feel like to me, it kind of feels like, I don't know. Whenever I think of the hold steady, I've seen, I've saw them at a uh, XPN twice. They're just a great festival band, great live band. And Absolutely. I will say I am not familiar with the whole steady, but from listening, I mean, I've heard songs on XPN here and there, but listening and sitting, listening to a full album, I'm like, these guys have to be awesome live. Mm -hmm. And you said you have seen them live? Yes. Well, festival live, so... Like, like, yeah, so like, you know, a set here and there. Yeah. A lot of energy? But tons of energy. When you look at when you look at Craig Finn, he, he's, he throws out a lot of nerd energy, which is real cool. Like, he, he's not your typical rock star look. Is it like a relatable look? Yeah, he's very relatable. It kind of, I don't know. Yes. But so, Boys and Girls in America was probably, it was released in 2006. This was their, I believe, third album. Uh, so, where, this is the album I think that kind of got them success, though. I, I feel like this is the album that seems to be acclaimed by them. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, this... I think the one after it was pretty big, too. Yeah. But, but this is this definitely was, a this... band, like... Oh, by the way, if you... If Hold Steady is your number one favorite band of all time, 
you're gonna not like this the rest of this podcast so probably i mean just in terms of if you know everything about hold steady <laughs> yeah yeah you're we an are expert. not i'm i'm not an expert dave's not an expert definitely not but if you like hold steady you want to hear us to say positive things i will say i only have in the end positive things like i i really i'm glad you picked this album because i really enjoyed it like much like drive by truckers from our first episode i it was an album once i put it on i i and listened to gave it you know a listen i really it grew on me more um i will say from the album as a whole i wish they would have got a little softer sooner I feel like the first three tracks of this album really come in your face. Yeah, I, I agree. It's very rock heavy. So when you get to songs like uh, First Night, mm-hmm. it's actually, it is a breath of fresh air. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you have been getting your face rocked off for four <laughs> songs. Yeah, I agree. A car crash for the first couple songs. Yeah. First side of the album. But I actually, I honestly think all in all, and this is being nitty gritty, picky, I think after you get from like Same Cooks Down, I think the album just holds out. Like, I think the first three songs are fun. They're very rock element wise fun. But I think when you hear like stuff like from First Night, even like Party Pit, like, like that's where like the music started to like make more sense and grow to me. I agree completely. And I I don't know, I will say I really like how behind even the rocking songs, I like Craig Finn's lyric. Like he had like a lot of the songs He you, tells like, a good story. Tells the stories and like they go throughout all their albums. Like if you end up listening to some of their earlier and later albums, like the same characters are kinda like dropped throughout the albums. It's like thematic material. Yeah, yeah. Which I think he should get on making a movie or writing a book or something about whatever he's trying to. Uh, it sounds like you're you know. saying Holstady should be doing its own musical. Yeah, I would totally go to that. That act, you know, it would be funny because they are a New York-based band. Broadway. Yeah, so how New York would it be for it's the New York rock Or the Chicago. Aren't, aren't they Midwest? No, I think they're... Uh, more and more. No, I thought it was New York. Yeah, from Brooklyn, New York. Oh, never mind. Come on, do your homework, Jimmy. Oh, no. We're a now we're never, podcast. Now we're never going to get him on. <laughs> no. Uh, honestly, though, it, this was definitely a choice of, album, of the album overall. Um... I don't, it's not an album, I felt like, you know, I don't know if it's like a track-by-track track album. I feel like this is just a more general, our thoughts of the band is overall, and I'm okay with that. I don't know how you feel about it, but I I, I think I can totally yep. see how people get into the whole study in the end. Like, it makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. I will there, say... Go ahead. Uh... Looking back, I feel like the Hold Steady could be a soundtrack for how I would envision my crazier, like, college and years out of college years. Like, if like, you knew about the Hold Steady, 
during the time. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a lot of, like, you know... What year did you learn about the whole study? Or see the uh, freshman year of college is when I first heard them. So 2006. Or 2005. Probably right around this album came out. Well, yeah, Actually, this album came year, out in 2006. And they were, was, they've been a band since 2003. Yeah, it was the album before this is the first one I heard. Okay. But, you know, a lot of... It's funny because, like, it's the quintessential, like, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like, that's what every one of their songs is pretty much about. And re and, and religion. Like, they like Clay Toss <laughs> and a lot of... So they're Jesus basically, stuff. like, the Norse version of the Drive-By Truckers. Correct. <laughs> but it is, it is funny that, now that I think about it, like, the connection of you liking Holsteady and Drive-By Truckers, and I can totally see... While maybe from different regions and backgrounds, they are very storytelling driven bands that definitely have those, you know, the class, they have very classic rock or even they have even elements. I was talking about like even listening from 2006, like they have breakdown parts that are reminiscent of like early 2000 rock bands. Mm hmm. And, like, I was like, I wasn't expecting that, but it worked really yeah. well. And also, when you said earlier about how the Killers were very Springsteen-y, I feel like the oh, whole yeah. study can really, you know, can yeah. be Bruce all the way some some of their albums. Oh, yeah. If they were from New Jersey, they would have been on, like, 10 of XBN's top 2000 lists. But they're from the New shame. York. What? So they got snubbed. So yeah, they, got they got snubbed, snubbed. completely. <laughs> I don't even know. Did the whole study? I don't know who does any songs, but yeah, I I actually honestly feel that about like the Killers too. I'm like, if the Killers were from New Jersey, they would be the XPN's biggest band in the world because of their Bruce, <laughs> because how much they sound like Bruce Springsteen in some songs. But that's a positive compliment when you write your song. Hey. All in all. Anything else you want to say about this album? Uh, check it out. It's worth it. Worth your time. Get ready. They're gonna whenever they go on tour, go see them. It's worth it. Didn't you say they just have a new single coming out this right now? Oh yeah, I just saw that on the old Spotify. They just put one out this month, a single. So I think they have an album coming out maybe soon. Same How about that? There you go. How about that? So so come on, we we'll, we can get you on the podcast, and we can really get it out there, whole city. We if you need if you need if you need people to push those numbers for you, we are the people to talk to. <laughs> All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for this for this episode. We will talk to you whenever the heck we're gonna talk to you next, folks. So stay that... stay safe. Yep, everyone, get your shots so we can all go to see concerts again. Yes. All right, folks. Hope you are having a great time. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next episode. Bye. Bye.